0: Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama. Now your host, Timothy George. Welcome to today's Beeson Podcast. Well, today I have the privilege of having a conversation with a dear friend of mine, Dr. Valerie duval pujol who is from France and is the chief editor of a new French Bible, Bible en Francais Courant. She's a distinguished New Testament scholar with degrees from the University of Paris, also professor there at the Sorbonne. She has taught at the Institut Catholique in Paris for a number of years. I came to know her through her work with the Baptist World Alliance. We were together on several international dialogues and conferences, and so I thought, wouldn't it be great to have Valerie to come to Beeson Divinity School and present our Biblical Studies lectures? She agreed, and she has been doing that this week, and now I have the privilege of this conversation. Welcome to Beeson, Valerie.
1: Bonjour, and hello to everybody. (laughs)
0: Now, I want to begin by asking you to tell us a little bit about your There's one thing we know for sure. You are French.
1: Yes. (laughs) So
0: you must be from France. Tell us about your family, where you came from, and really how you came to faith in Jesus Christ.
1: Well, I'm valerie duval Duval-Poujol, and as, as my name tells, I'm from France, and I'm a Baptist theologian specializing in the Bible. This is my passion and also my job. Um, I'm married to a Baptist minister, Sam, and we have our son Thomas, who is 11, and we live in the south of France. So um, I suppose many of you have been to Europe and France, so you know it's a nice place, but it's also a spiritual challenge. And uh, it's very good we have brothers and sisters here across in America
0: you know our students are wondering how to can she teach in paris and live in the south of france and you reminded us that there is a fast train the T
1: VG? TGV, yes. TGV. In three hours, you cross the whole of your country so you can commute in the same day. You live very early from the south of France, and you teach in Paris, and you come back in the evening.
0: Wonderful. That's how you can be a wife and a mom as well yes. as a great biblical scholar and teacher in one of the leading institutions uh, in all of Europe, really in all the world. Uh, the same institution that John Calvin attended in the 16th century and that so many great theologians over the years uh, have been there. Let me ask you to say a little bit about uh, the Bible. The thing I remember about you when I first met you, we were together in these conversations and uh, dialogues. Um, We theologians would be thinking about Big ideas and doctrines and theories, and you would always say, what does the Bible say about that? It would bring us back to the text of Scripture. That was so impressive to me. Why is the Bible so important to you?
1: Well, of course the Bible is not the fourth person of the Trinity. It's yeah. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But this is the place where I hear about Jesus. If I want to be more like Him and as Christian, it's what we want to do. It's what we want to be. Mm-hmm. Where do I get how Jesus was? And this is in the Bible. So in the Bible, it's good news. I meet and I hear about what He has done, His love for us. So this is the place where I can be more like Him.
0: Now you come from a very distinguished family. I remember visiting once with your family in the South of France. Tell us a little bit about that story, the story of the Huguenots and the French who have often been persecuted in the past.
1: Yes, four for centuries ago, we have been persecuted as Protestants in France by the Catholics by that time, the king. And my family is actually from this background as Huguenots, and I have in my uh, living room Bibles that have been transmitted from generation to generation, and they, they come back from the 1750s. So it's wow. a long testimony of God's faithfulness to us and to this uh, a testimony of the gospel in my country, although persecution was there. So it's also an encouragement to see that now we have the freedom of religion. Although we have been through this, we now have this freedom of religion.
0: This is a wonderful thing, yes. Now um, let's talk a little bit about your own work as a Bible translator because that's really uh, this wonderful project you've been involved in for two or three years or more uh, Bible en Francais Coran tell us about this translation
1: Yes, well, we have many Bible translations in French, and when we speak of a French translation, it's not only for France, but for all French-speaking countries. You have 56 countries in the world that speaks French, like in Africa or Canada or, or places like that. So uh, they needed a new, a revised, we'd say daily French Bible. Mm. It's a Bible that someone that doesn't know about church language or church culture uh, could read, and we wanted really to make the word of God available to anybody. Sometimes, when you have been a Christian for many years, you kind of learn a church language, Mm. and and you have this language, special language, but the Bible is really for everybody to be understood, and we wanted to make the access to everybody.
0: So it's a it's a revision of a translation that had been made. I remember when I was first learning to read French, there was a little translation called *Bonne Nouvelle*. Yes, and so is this is in that line of yes. translation.
1: Yes, and we want people um, who are just born again, or people who are foreigners and who learn French, or people who discover as well the uh, the face. Uh, we want them to be familiar and to feel confident in reading the Bible.
0: Yeah. Uh, what is your approach to translating the Bible it was obviously written in Hebrew and Greek a little bit Aramaic long long ago different culture different language what, what do you? How do you approach the task of translating those documents into contemporary, vivid, living French, running French, courant? Yes, <laughs>
1: Francais courant. I think one of the uh, useful picture is to say that translating is about building bridges. You build bridges between these ancient times, these other languages, Greek and Hebrew, as you said, and the modern daily lives, which has not many things to do with this. Uh, uh, Roman or or Assyrian ancient times, but we want to build bridges. It means you need uh, to be academic uh, trained, to be uh, uh, close, accurate to the Hebrew and Greek, but also to live in your time, to be sure that people of your time will understand. So you build a bridge.
0: And when will this Bible be available?
1: In September.
0: So it's coming very soon. Very soon. That's wonderful. You're giving a couple of lectures here at Beeson around the theme of Bible translation. What are the challenges, uh, the task of it? Um, and w- you have a very interesting title for one of your talks, Does Translating mean betraying.
1: Yes, it's often a question people wonder, you know, does translating means betraying? And I wanted to show, and we will take many examples with the students, that translating is always about making choices. You have to choose between two senses of the Greek or Hebrew words. You have to choose and make decisions. So I want us to be aware of the fact that our translators led by the Holy Spirit, are also human beings, and they they make choices. So we can compare different translations. There is no such thing as a perfect translation. We need to compare them.
0: Which means, I guess, also that the work of translation is never finally done or completed. It has to be redone for every new generation, for every new context. Exactly. So, uh, you, that's the work you've done as the chief editor of this new revision of the French Bible. What does that task involve? Because you're working with a whole team of scholars yes, throughout the world. This is what is new.
1: Before translators were doing their work alone, like the great Jérôme or people like that. They were doing translating the Bible alone. But now things have changed. It's a teamwork and it's excellent to work with scholars that are Catholics or Protestants from all denominations. And we work together to study the word of God to be faithful to it, and we try to render it the most faithfully possible. You
0: know, uh, in America, especially among some evangelicals in America, there have been a lot, we call them the Bible wars, because we fight over this translation, that translation, this philosophy, that philosophy. Uh, How have you approached those controversial theories about Bible translation?
1: I suppose the first step was a lot of humility, realizing how much human our works is as well. Of course, we ask for the Holy Spirit to help us. But when you realize how much of yourself you also put into it, you realize that you need the others, that no translation is perfect or infallible, and that only the original manuscripts were. Our translations are really human works. God uses them and we thank him for that. But we are thankful for these translations, but we know they are not perfect.
0: Um, I want to talk a little bit about your other work. You're a Bible translator, and that takes a lot of your time, this wonderful project. But you also are involved in many other aspects of the life of the faith, the life of the church. We've said your husband is a a pastor in France. You all have planted a church there. Uh, Also, you've been very involved in the work of the Baptist World Alliance. That's where I got to know you. And just recently, you were elected as the vice president of the French Protestant Union, uh, which has not only Baptists but other Protestant denominations. Say a little bit about that work.
1: I think it's also about... The feeling of belonging to a larger family. We as Baptists, uh, we belong a wider family than our national Baptist family, if you want. And BWA, Baptist World Alliance, is about that, is about meeting the wider Broader family and getting to know each other, praying together, uh, caring for each other as well mm-hmm. to face all the challenges that this current world is is having for us. So this is part of this fascinating challenge of the Baptist World Alliance. As far the uh, French Protestant Federation is concerned, this is a uh, broader. It's uh, it's getting to know other Protestants. It's about what can we do together. There is a a, a, a principle in ecumenism that we call the Lund Principle. And it's a question that we should, should all ask to ourselves. What can we do together? What can we do together that uh, that will be better done when we do it together than by ourselves? Yeah. And, and, and this is why we have come together to do chaplaincy, to do a television and radio broadcasting and to do interface with the government when we have to uh, plea for something, um, advocate for human rights or for the migrants. We do it together. We stand together.
0: You know, that's one of the things I have appreciated about the Baptist World Alliance, because it's a witness, particularly for religious freedom, which is so much at stake in our world today. When Baptists across the world can make a united global witness for something like religious freedom, much stronger coming from that global perspective than just the baptist in america or france or italy or china or wherever it might be so uh and another thing i've appreciated is being at the meetings and meeting these wonderful brothers and sisters from places i've never been and who face very different challenges than we have here and learning and being inspired by their witness it's a great encouragement isn't it
1: Yes, and we talked about it with the students at Beeson yesterday, the fact that our culture is influencing us so much in our faith, and we sometimes forget how much culture influences our faith, and we need to meet others, brother, other brothers and sisters from different cultures to realize the cultural lenses we have sometimes. And, and it's a way for God's Spirit to talk to us as well. He talks to us through the testimony of our brothers and sisters from other countries as well.
0: Uh, you're a Baptist, you're a Protestant obviously, but you're not anti-Catholic. I mean, one, one of the things you have done, really uh, remarkable in a way, is to represent the Baptist World Alliance at an extraordinary synod of the Vatican dealing with the very important issues about the family. So talk about that experience of going to the Vatican and being there as a part of that conclave.
1: Well, yes, in this conclave, in this extraordinary synod on the family, I was the youngest one in the assembly, assembly made of you know cardinals and bishops from all over the world. I was the youngest. I was one of the very rare female. And to talk about the family, that was important that the Baptist the Alliance sent a woman theologian. And I had great conversation with these bishops and cardinals, and they took time to pray as well about these issues. And I think we should really pray for these uh, brothers and sisters in the Catholic Church at the moment with the crisis they are going yeah. through. They need our prayers. We all need to pray for each other, but they especially need our prayer at the moment.
0: It's important to mention prayer because we think of uh, ecumenism often as giving papers and talks and discussing ideas and plans for getting together for this or that. But prayer is the heart of the ecumenical movement, rightly understood, don't you think?
1: Yes, it's about sitting together at the feet of Jesus. It's about we are coming to Easter soon. It's about being at the bottom of the cross And together, looking at Jesus and listening to his voices. And this is when we look at him that we realize we are brothers and sisters. It's only in him that we are brothers and sisters.
0: Wonderful. Well, um, Valerie, I I wanted to ask you a little bit about the the life of the church in France. Uh, You're a a Baptist, and that has a very small number of Christians who are Baptists compared to other groups in France, and particularly Roman Catholics. Yes. Far the majority there
1: we are Baptists in France, a minority within a minority within a minority. I mean, um, ca- Christians are not the majority anymore. And within this uh, Christianity, you have only 4% of French people who are Protestants. And among these 4%, you have 1% who are evangelicals. And then how many Baptists <laughs> in this 1%? It will be 40,000 members. Yeah. So that's really a minority within a minority in a minority. Yeah. But uh, we really try to to be the salt. It's not only about the quantity, but it's also to taste good and to be faithful to our God.
0: Tell us a little bit about this church you and uh, your husband Sam have planted in Mousse. Uh, I was able to visit in your village. It's a village, isn't it? In the south of France, a wonderful village. And the people were so warm and hospitable when I was there. And we were able to worship with you and your family and and this church family. Tell us about how that came to be and what the challenges are.
1: Well, yes. um, In France, evangelicals and Baptist among them try to plant evangelical churches for every 10,000 people. And we have not reached that goal yet. So it means you have a area in France where you don't have evangelical churches. And we wanted to plant a church in a rural area, not just in towns, but we also wanted to reach uh, the unwitch there. So it was, it explained also this choice.
0: Well, I want to go back just for a moment to your work as a scholar and a Bible translator. Now you've completed this project. What is next for you on the horizon of scholarly work and publications?
1: Well, there are many books I would like to write to share this experience, to share what it means to translate and and also to give the passion um, the Passion to People to Read God's Word. I have met many people who feel discouraged when they open the Bibles and they don't find anymore that it's a good news. Mm. And I would like to write more books and doing training and conferences and lectures to encourage them, you know, so that their heart would burn again when they read the pages, when they meet Jesus in these pages. Now
0: I want to ask you a hard question. All these questions have been fairly easy. Now this is a hard question, Valerie, Doctor Duval Pujol. You are a French Baptist um, theologian and scholar. If you were to give some word to American Christians about our faith and how you've interacted with us, what would you say? <laughs> I said it was a hard question, Valerie
1: um yeah and we are among brothers and sisters so we we may we may speak the truth in love as well i have met dear brothers and sisters in christ each time i have come to the states and i appreciate their deeply commitment and in the other sense i also see how much culture has influenced mm. the way they live their faith and for some obviously not for all but some for some one has a feeling that evangelicalism has become a culture, and mm-hmm. not always a face anymore. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it could lead sometimes to uh, some things that are not very faithful to the gospel anymore, because it has become a culture and not mm-hmm. really a a, a, li- li- a living face, if you want. So that would be maybe something we have to be conscious about.
0: Yeah, and perhaps that's another way of encouraging us to go back to the roots, back to the sources in Scripture itself, yes. because the closer we come to the Bible, I think, the closer we come to Jesus Christ, and the closer we come to him, the closer we come to one another. Yes. Thank you for this wonderful conversation and for your visit to Beeson, for your lectures. May God bless you in the good work you're doing.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. George.
0: You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast with host Timothy George. You can subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at our website, Beesondivinity.com